0: friends, it's us. I'm Steph Beagle. And I'm Lauren Abney. And this is Well Behaved. We believe balance is a bit overplayed and way overrated. We've embraced
1: finding our perfect blend of wellness with a twist of tequila. This podcast delivers wellness remixed from face slapping facials to the ABCs of CBD. Living your best life and finding what's right for you is what it's all about. Let's do this. Friends, pod today coming to you with Julie Smolanski. Julie is a 100% amazing human. She has a million jobs from being a CEO to being a mother to being an author to being an advocate. And so I think, guys, you will just be blown away by the content of this episode. She, what I'm calling it, is the tale of two stories because we talk about Lifeway and Kiefer probiotics. And we also talk about her advocacy. There is no smooth transition because we really couldn't, but there were two really important topics that we needed to cover. And so we hit them both.
0: For sure. I mean, there's nothing that you love more than talking about your gut microbiome. I'm pretty into the gut. And I, I too, I totally understand that it's the epicenter of everything and it's, it makes you tick. It makes you work and it makes you well. But what was really interesting was there's so much more to it than that, because for her, while that is something that she talks about all day, she has been advocating for 30 years for different causes. And especially in the time that we're in now, I think it was super powerful for her to remind us about some causes that may not have as much light shed on them at the moment. But it was a it was a deep and special episode, and I'm just excited for our friends to hear more of Julie's story.
1: All right. Today we have with us a true boss, Julie Smolanski. Uh, Julie, you, your resume is extremely long and impressive, but I want to give a few highlights. Uh, like for the fact that you became the youngest female CEO of a publicly traded company back in 2002, when you became the CEO of Lifeway Kiefer. We're going to talk about pronunciation of the word. It's a hard, harder the,
0: the, the, the word pronunciation is
1: hard to also I say. I know, it's <laughs> quite tough. Um, you have grown the business immensely, which is major kudos alone there. You are an author. You wrote the cookbook on the go-to resource for Kiefer Recipes. And then you have this other life of advocacy and being the co-founder of Test 400, working with the Obama administration. A uh, heart. Major heart. Major heart. Um, and then being an executive producer of On the Record, which I believe is a documentary on the allegations against Russell Simmons. So you span a, an immense amount of topics, and I hope we can get to a lot today because we just think that you're amazing.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so humbling to, you know, be invited to shows like yours and uh, to have conversations. like it's really, really special. So thank you.
1: Well, you're sitting in front of us wearing a biking outfit and so we have to we have to infer that wellness is something that's important to you and you know, it's the basis of this podcast as well. So, talk to us a little bit about where wellness falls in for you and if you feel like it's been an empowering tool to your success.
2: Yeah, thank you. I I you know, I think that the company Lifeway Foods is built on this idea of, of wellness and health and, you know, giving people choices and empowering people to take self-care very seriously. And I think now more than ever, um, you know, we're, we're being shown that our health is connected to our wellness and vice versa, and that it's linked to each other, that, you know, by actually keeping myself well, I can keep my community well. And, um, you know, to me, it's just, it's, these are like the tools of self-care that are important to me in my life that I could not have gotten to where I am without them. I mean, I feel like, you know, even just from like a mental health perspective, being able to, you know, boost your serotonin and your endorphins uh, from, you know, doing physical activity or, you know, consuming kefir, for example, Um, it's all interconnected, you know, how you treat your body when you say yes to self-care, when you say yes to, um, you know, acts of wellness, you are actually saying I care about myself. I love myself. These are choices of love and show the world boundaries and teach you boundaries about yourself. And so I think it really all goes back to that. And I think, you know, that, that that's all that we do at Lifeway is trying to get people to make the healthy food choice, to make the healthy body movement choice, to, you know, do meditation and still make make choices in stillness and, um, and how you talk to yourself and, that all leads to this beautiful mosaic of a life that you can look back upon. And it's like a masterpiece and it's really fun. You know, it's fun. I just, like you mentioned, I just came in from a bike ride. It's, it brings me great joy. And it's like the thing that can always lift my spirits. like, I've never done a workout and said that was a waste. Totally. Like never, it's never happened.
1: We totally agree. What an aptly appropriate response from a female CEO, you know, to talk about making the space for it and boundaries. And we get that. And having a role model is really important too, because I think, you know, women need to say yes and make space for it. And they need people that show them that that's okay. So thanks for being yeah. with
2: you. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I do. I totally agree that I think it's harder on women to find those boundaries, especially, you know, I'm a mom, I have two kids. And that was another time where it felt like, you know, I felt so guilty. I had so many other things to do. And, you know, how could I fit my workout in? But, you know, I really realized that the how much better I felt. And I have this motto that, like, you can only take care of everyone else. If you've taken care of yourself, you know, a, a sick and unwell Julie is not helpful to my family, to my friends, to my community, to my company. Um, you know, and, and I think it like helps just build overall strength in so many other ways. It rounds at you. Um, and, and then, you know, you can achieve all the other things that you want to achieve. I mean, I remember the very first time I ran a marathon and after that i just remember crossing the finish line thinking the words i can't are no longer ever in my vocabulary um and it's there's just so many great lessons that can come from it and uh so i i don't know i guess i'm grateful and i started you know moving my body or recognizing that really early on i was a figure skater when i was like six years old i figure skated for about 15 years. It was like the only sport that was available to a Russian immigrant girl. That was the sport that I was the only thing I was like basically allowed to do.
0: Well, I love that. I think it's amazing to hear. I love the idea of boundaries, which is such a, you know, a funny thing. And I also think wellness gets a bad rap sometimes, right? It seems like it's this luxury. And I love that both in your personal life and it sounds like at Lifeway, it's a necessity, right? It's, there's no compromise around it. And I think, yeah. I mean, starting starting at the beginning, which I don't even, it's not really your beginning. Starting at one point of your amazing journey is Lifeway. And I think, you know, dairy in general is this crazy polarizing topic, right? Like the word dairy is like, you say it and people like whisper it and they're like, no dairy. I mean, I don't, I mean, I have, right. I have, I don't. I have a little bit. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know, like, do I have dairy? Like people don't even really know anymore, right? But can you talk to us specifically about have, like I say kefir, so I'm going to say kefir because that's what I do. But
1: yeah, it's, counter, why, it's
0: counterculture because yeah, I'm it's like, going with kefir. It's Kiefer. different. And Julie mm-hmm. said it's like tomato, tomato. I definitely don't say tomato. And tomatoes are my favorite food, Julie, just so you know. But in terms of kefir, what is its supernatural supernatural health benefits? And how does it – like just talk to our friends about it because I don't think most people know what it is and what benefits sure. it has.
2: Sure. Yeah, well, kefir is like an ancient uh, – uh, fermented beverage that is uh, initially came from the Caucasus mountains from an area near Russia and Ukraine. Um, And it's, it's 2000 years old. And it was made by, you know, old babushkas, old Russian grandmas who uh, lived in small villages and they made it by hand. It's a, a very artisan, um, process and the secret was really passed down generation to generation um, through, through word of mouth and folklore. Um, you know, it survived famine and war and uh, Cleopatra bathed in it actually for her skin. Uh, Marco Polo wrote about it in his travel. So it became this real like historic um, product and the people who consumed it there lived past a hundred years of age. And they attributed their longevity to the consumption of kefir, or kefir, uh, and and they intuitively in their gut knew that they felt better when they consumed it. It was used like very medicinally. There was you know not a lot of medicines there, um, and so they used it for prevention of all sorts of things. And uh, in 1908, so just maybe you know about 100 years ago, um, a microbiologist, Ellie Metchnikoff. He is considered like the father of immunity. He conducted the first science studies around did science around kefir, and he found that the benefits of um, you know the, the one of the byproduct is lactic acid. This this the, the probiotic process. What happens when you inoculate these bacterial cultures in a dairy source, and it has to be a dairy source. Um, that there is a great benefit to the body, and since that time, over 6,000 studies have been published that confirm this. And they, the modern science is really um, built upon what he has studied, but also um, backed up what our ancestors knew intuitively in their gut. And so, I just love it because it's this ancient superfood that is rooted in history that our grandmothers, our our great-great-grandmothers knew about and they used it. And today, um, we've learned that it can help reduce even stress, depression, and anxiety, that the gut is actually the primary brain Um, we talked about serotonin earlier, 90% of serotonin is actually made in the gut. So, you know, you could, and 80% of your immunity cells are made in the gut. So you could really manipulate and control a lot of your health through really very affordable, accessible um, consumption of, of foods and lifestyle. Researchers out of UC Davis recently did a study and saw that probiotics are not all the same. They said that um, when you take a pill, for example, the stomach is incredibly acid. So it doesn't survive the entire digestive process. The dairy source actually um, like protects the probiotic. The, it, it kind of inoculates it and, 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 co- and encapsulates it. And it protects, and the, and the bacteria uses the dairy as a food source. So it's, Pre-digesting the dairy for you for those who have lactose intolerant—it's totally mm. easy to digest, and people don't oh. have any issues with it. Yeah, and and that's really important for women of bone building—you know, bone building ages uh, from you know, teen and young girls to you know past our seniorhood uh because you can eat all the spinach and all the kale you want it's not going to absorb in your bones the way that actually dairy does um and so you know despite the fact that there is uh An opposing an agenda. Um, I am incredibly against elimination diets, uh, unless there's a medical need to do so. Um, We know, you know, what the science says. And I think it's really dangerous when like influencers get on and start giving like nutritional advice that is absolutely detrimental to health. You know, I think when you start eliminating uh, foods out of your diet, it first of all leads to disordered eating, but um also it's it it can also just do a, a tremendous damage to you know your body.
0: I didn't notice, um, which I didn't really realize, but um kefir also has some great benefits as it relates to skin and to also yeah. it says health management. So can you talk yeah. about the components of it that that aid in that? Because yeah. we we are obsessed we, with making our skin look.
1: love having beautiful skin. Totally. And a yeah. yeah. and, and skin dollar <laughs> kefir, that's the, yeah. that's the best bang for the buck.
2: So, yeah, I mean, Cleopatra bathes in it. So can you imagine right, like just laying point. there? <laughs> um, yeah, and my uh, my family members also will put it on their skin for, like, sunburn. It's really soothing after a sunburn. Um yeah, you know, it's, it's again, beauty from the inside out. So when you have that healthy gut, it really, it's the center of all health. So, um, and there's a great mask I love to do. I I like to make a little bit of kefir and, uh, some lemon juice and oatmeal. And I just put that all over my face and a little honey too. Oh, it's such a great face mask. Great, natural, easy face mask. Your skin is like so smooth and it's, I, it's we love, really, We'll really be good. doing that Best yeah, That's tomorrow. a snack and a mask. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, glowy. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, these this good bacteria, like it's honestly, the probiotics are one of the most important things we can do in um, – in supporting our health and mm-hmm. and not just um, it's not like actually diversity of bacteria. It's eating all sorts of fermented foods, kimchi, you know, it's not just one thing. It's actually the strength, Comes from diversity of all these bacteria, but you know this bacteria when when it it's inoculated in this dairy source, it survives the entire digestive process. And don't forget, digestion starts actually right when you start to consume in your mouth. You salivate; it coats your your gums, your teeth. Like all of that is really important. It coats your throat. You miss that when you just take a pill as well. So I I really just firmly believe on top of that, you have all this great protein. Uh, but you know it's been found to Help reduce the impact of like antibiotics when people consume antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Women get yeast infections. You get diarrhea. Um, a whole bunch of side effects of from good antibiotics side effects that right. they always totally. like to tell us yeah. about. Yeah, so you need to restore that microflora in your gut to kind of you know get back to uh, stability. Um, Also, the use of hand sanitizers. We're all using so much hand sanitizers. These destroy all of our natural bacteria in our body. And I understand we're in a pandemic right now, but we also need to think about the fact that we're creating actual superbugs with using all of these hand sanitizers. And again, restoring, putting in that good bacteria is so, so important. I'm really impressed because you know when I think of
1: Kiefer I was like, oh I think it's good for your gut and I think that it doesn't affect you if you have dairy intolerance but understanding everything that you have described here is a superfood this is yeah this is impacting you in such an important way and we're nuts for the gut right we yeah. Intuition alone, but just understanding that so much of our immunity sits within our gut. We now wash yeah. all of our vegetables; there is no dirt. There, we're hand sanitizing everything, and so we have to to be a advocate for yourself. You have to help your gut flora, and so by having, you know, maybe you're taking a probiotic supplement, but having something that is delicious that you can just have a sip of, that's a, that's a benefit. And that's like a true joy in life to just be able to have something that, that, that is that easy. And you feel like is going to have a positive impact on your health.
2: Yeah. 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 It's not something that's like, you know, you have to go on a spa and, you know, it's it's plain (laughs) and get into a fancy treatment and do crazy. Like it's really simple and accessible. My family and I immigrated to Chicago in 1976 when I was one, one years old. Um, we were the first of 48 families that were allowed to settle. And, uh, my mom learned English watching general hospital. My, my mom's favorite show. <laughs> my mom was in the days of our lives, okay, but totally. you guys, can, yeah, I, would, right. I lived in LA at one point
0: and I ran into Sonny once at Trader Joe's and I called my mom and she was like crying. She's like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> he's like my boyfriend, but he doesn't know. Like my, my, sure my dad right. loves that. But anyways, keep going. Love general hospital.
2: Yeah. So yeah, she, she, you know, picked up English watching general hospital and we had $116 when we came to Chicago and my parents didn't speak, you know, not a word of English and there were no translators yet because we were the first. It wasn't like, you know, there was anybody to really help. And my parents really trailblazed for this, immigrant group of, of people. And what they discovered, my mom opened the first Russian deli in Rogers Park uh, about two years after we settled. And she saw that while there was a lot of food in America, the food was different than her Slavic staples. Um, and even though she grew up in scarcity, I mean, my my parents talk all the time, talk, my, my dad passed away, but the stories of scarcity are in my DNA. Like they, you know, grew up through World War II. Their family members were murdered in the Holocaust. My great-great-grandmother was murdered in her home. My grandmother survived. She ran and hid in the forest and survived the Holocaust. So, you know, they've been through so much and food was so critical and central to our livelihood and, and just core selves. Um, so my mom opened like again intuitively did like for her community. She didn't know that women's live was happening around her. She didn't know who Gloria Steinem was. She just knew that she had to put food on the table and feed her family and she did that through opening her deli which became like town center town square for all the Russian immigrants and and my parents were in a, at a, a trade show in Germany and they bought three bottles of kefir. There it was the first time they were out of the U.S. after immigrating. And my dad had a bottle right outside of the store and he said, gosh, I miss this so much. America has everything, but it doesn't have kefir. And my mom said, well, you're an engineer. Why don't you make a plant make the product and i'll sell it through my distribution system and six months later they incorporated the company you know no fancy logos no fancy fundraising like just get to business um first couple of bottles were made in our basement in skokie um my father hand delivered them to the you know different stores after work because he still kept his nine to five job and then he'd work and i remember delivering um Products with him at midnight, you know, around wow. Chicago when I was just a kid. My ma- my my dad became passionate with the idea of like marketing and teaching people about gut health, um, which nobody in America was talking about. Gut health. We were the first company to write probiotic on our product, um, but you were just were about still...
1: forty years ahead of your
2: time. Totally, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Um, so so it was just so early, and we really created a category that was unheard of, unknown with like no money, no resources, no, no um, fancy networking or anything.
1: You seem to have been able to take your platform to help other people who have experienced a lot of trauma. And can you just tell us about how you were motivated to do so and where, you, how you feel like you're making an impact? Cause you're doing it on multiple levels now.
2: Thank you. Um, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been working in the space of trying to end violence against women for um, about 30 years um, and I it started from the fact that I was a survivor myself, and uh, I started to, um, I guess my fight or flight response was one of fighting. And um, I just felt like what had happened to me was unfair, and I had a strong sense of justice around it. Um, and so I, you know, I mean, I helped write the first teen dating violence curriculum in Chicago and then taught it in, you know, all the local schools around the Chicago land. I mean, since then, I don't know, hundreds and thousands of kids have gone through that curriculum. Uh, but it, this was even before OJ and Nicole Brown Simpson. So super early on in the space. Um, in college, I became a rape crisis counselor here in Chicago. So I'd been in about 100 hospital rooms um, with survivors and uh, had really witnessed, you know, been a part of the evidence collection and, you know, saw the, first of all, difference in the way that survivors were treated um, based on color, but not just that, just in general, there were really, really few occasions when survivors were treated with dignity um, or when their cases were ever really investigated. Um, And then I, you know, I thought I was going to be a psychologist, honestly. I uh, was in grad school and I had zero interest in my parents' business at all. And uh, I wanted to change the world. I mean, as cliche as that sounded, I always just had this dream of changing the world and um, reducing suffering of people. And I uh, serendipitously found myself in my father's office one day listening to his conversations. And I thought, you know, I actually, this isn't just a Russian grandma drink like this, The you know, Kiefer actually can really help people. And while it's different than the way that I thought I was gonna help people, I actually found it that I could have more scale and impact in a different role. And so I left grad school after the first year, which was a really hard decision for me. Um, But one, I followed my gut and I just felt like it was the right thing. Um, So I turned my way, turned my back on psychology, um, but I use it every day, obviously for work and life. and so I kind of put to bed a little bit um, my work around um, women's issues and just focused on, you know, the corporate world. Um, and, you know, fast forward, I, um, I actually got invited to uh, Bangladesh with Every Mother Counts, which was an organization that Christy Turlington founded. And, um, you know, I found like the pit, the bridge was like in maternal health. And that seemed like a natural place for Lifeway to be involved in too. Um, and I was in Bangladesh and I was listening to these girls in the slums, like a 14-year-old girl. And I asked her what her biggest challenge was. And she told me that she was afraid to go to school um or because you know she was afraid that she was going to get raped and she was afraid to use the bathroom because uh well they didn't have running toilets in their in their Um, in the areas of the slums where they lived. So she'd have to walk a quarter of a mile to get to the bathroom. And that could be like a two in the morning. If you have to go to the bathroom, you walk. And that was a big place of fear for her. And I just remember thinking, here I am, a CEO, a white woman of privilege. And I actually felt more in common with this girl than I did with 95% of people I come in touch and in contact with. And it was a real turning point for me. And I sort of decided that, you know, if I had all this, um, I have a platform, I have all this privilege and, uh, you know, whatever power that I have and network and influence that it's sort of my obligation to make a difference here. Um, and I had my daughters when, when I had my girls, um, I made a promise to them that I would try to make the world safer for them, um, than it was for me. And, and, you know, they, I kind of, I was like, well, they're born. So I have 18 years until they get to college, which is the most riskiest. The first six weeks of college is the most riskiest time for a girl. And, uh, I just decided that I would do everything in my power to make the world safer for them. And that is what kind of pushed me to be, I guess, more brave and, um, do this work in a much more vocal, louder way. And so then I started test 400 K, which, um, is uh, it, there was four hundred thousand untested rape kits in the United States? Human Rights Watch calls and it. That's the, unbelievable. Like. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Human Rights Watch says it's the most uh, biggest violation to women's rights in the United States. And I just thought that was crazy because I was in the hospital rooms with survivors. And when I realized that, you know, 20 years later, that less than 80% of that evidence was ever even sent to a crime lab, that it's still sitting in storage locker rooms in Chicago. It's and disgusting. Disgust. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's every. I mean, I'm, we are marching in the streets now. We should have been marching a long time ago for a lot of other 100%. reasons. And um, Yeah, this is an atrocity and it's, a, it's dangerous for everyone because we have serial perpetrators that are out doing it over and over. And, and each one of these kits is a, it's a human life. It's, it's somebody's body. It's, it's a community. Um, and, you know, so, you know, as I started that organization and we, have, I mean it's just amazing, I think there's been legislation um passed in like thirty different states around around brake testing and yeah, so amazing I, yeah. I mean
1: so again, here I've said amazing like a hundred times yeah. because <laughs> that's that is my response what can what would you say to listeners like what can people be doing, or how could how could anyone else join you in the fight because I think we all We all have realized that we need to wake the F up in a lot of ways. And just reading your bio really gave me a lot of insight into, you know, wanting to be a participant. So how do you encourage people to participate and make action?
2: I mean, there's so many ways. Um, Of course, money is a big thing. You know, these organizations do so much with bootstrap budgets. So, not just mine. I mean, pick pick your favorite one. Um, You know, so supporting that way, but even just liking comment content, sharing content um, from you know various. You know, groups, things that you're passionate about. I mean, there's so many issues, right? It's like there's a lot of things to be woke about. Uh, So you got to pick the one that pick a few that you like or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I usually connect with organizations that are doing meaningful work or. Um, issues, that people that are leading in those spaces, and um, sharing content, um, signing petitions, you know, creating political will, um, being a part of voting, of course, yeah. you know, go <laughs> register to vote, that's like the single biggest thing you could do. Um, because, you know, the politicians do what we want them to do, what their constituents want them to do. So if they hear the squeakiest voices get you know, voices—they—they they get heard. So, if you are, you know, in your politician's office, if you're whatever representative, and letting them know how you feel on certain issues, um, you'd be surprised, but they actually really do listen. Uh, so that—that's important. But helping just destigmatize it. I mean, if—if if, you know, if—if I—I if I remember like the very first time I shared. Content on social media when Facebook had just started around this issue around sexual assault. I was so scared to press the share button because I didn't want anyone to think it was me. And, uh, you know, that it took a lot of work and there's so much work that we've had to do to destigmatize it, to make it less taboo. But I recognize, you know, I'm, I've made it out on the other side and there's young people that are just starting early on in their journey and they need to know that they're not alone and they need to know that there are people willing to hear them, to help them. Um, These are the differences between saving a life and not. And, you know, I recognize like it's the, 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 Honestly, the fact that I'm here is just, it's statistically the odds were against me. And, um, you know, I, felt like that since I had survived and there are so many of, uh, many people that I know that didn't survive and I feel like I have to do it for them and for the generations coming up behind me, um, for all my, you know, for you guys, for my daughters, for my sisters, my friends, my neighbors, like all the women in the world, like Sexual assault. One in three women in the world are raped, beaten, or murdered, and it's the thing that unifies all women together. We are linked from the minute we're born. We know that there is a risk for violence on our body. So this is this is what sisterhood is. It's like what we know, the secret that was never told. And you know, I feel really, really um, honored that I've been a part of this movement for 30 years. Uh, and it finally cracked open. I never thought I'd see the day, you know, when I saw the me too movement happen, it was like liberating. Mm -hmm. It was so, it was like, hallelujah. Like, and it wasn't just me, you know, I, it was so, so moving to see, um, so many people finally, you know, shed all of the shame and, you know, be free of it. And, So that was really powerful. I think it's crazy too, to think about, I mean, life feels
0: heavy right now, right? And I think I heard someone say to me the other day, they're like, I just don't know like where to lend my energy and support. And I think you're a great example too of reminding us that, yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. There's COVID, there's an ongoing, you know, racism is real and it's been real for a really long time. It's great that some people have their eyes open now, but sexual assault, is not something that we can forget about. Right. And women and violence is not something that just because it's not as like present in the media and in the world that we can't, yeah, that we can just walk away from it. And I, I think that it's a great moment to remind everyone too, that, yeah, you can't do everything, but doing something. And at least you don't have to commit to just one thing and supporting just one thing. It's okay to wake up one day and feel like you want to sign a petition for, you know, the BLM movement. And it's okay the next day to think about the sexual, you know, assault violence movement. Right. So I, I just, I commend you because I think you're clearly waking up every day and taking action. I love the commitment you made to your daughters and to all the women in your life. But I think it's a really great moment to remind each of us that just do something every day and be woke and, and be woke in many ways. Right.
2: Thank you. Yes, it's so true. Well, and actually during COVID, um, what happened globally around the world with this issue, all the domestic violence hotlines saw a 300% increase Uh in calls um, because all, you know, women were stuck or not just women, but people are stuck with their abusers in lockdown. And we also know that during recessions, domestic violence surges. So we have both lockdown, we have uh, recession, we have just all these other stresses happening, um, increase in drinking, obviously. So we know that there is a huge spike in domestic violence. There's also a 20% increase to the um, rape and incest hotline uh, nationally. Uh, and, And the callers are first time callers. And children, you know, and this is like young kids being in these situations, lockdown situations, with their abusers, and they're away from their teachers and their coaches, and usually the the place that usually is is a source of like help and uh, can can help these kids right. find an outlet. They're not able to access their kid their their uh, right. teachers or safe places. So, you know, in Illinois, the Illinois Domestic Violence Hotline saw a record. The highest number of call volume ever um, since the founding of it in the 70s. So that's what uh, how big of an issue this is um, that we really need to you know consider. And um, I actually was just a part of a PSA for rain for the rape and um, incest national hotline to help get the number out so that, you know, young people know well that access, even in lockdown, yeah. yeah, even in lockdown, there's people they can call to, you know, access immediate care and, and resources for help. Um, so we are sharing that number that that's coming out shortly. Okay. That PSA well, we want to share lockdown. that
1: too. You know, I Thank think, you. I think change happens when women get involved. So us yeah. all knowing that having each other's back and being supportive to your closest community that you may not have known has been a victim to the general community because there's a lot of work to be done. So man, you're incredibly, you're just an inspiration. And I think if you, you know, it ties through somehow because my version Kiefer is about the gut and, you know, you are very much, you have gut instincts that are clearly so strong and you've been able to not only grown incredibly successful business but your gut has driven you to help make impact and change for women so kudos to you yeah. you are such a Thank special you. talent and we're so grateful to oh. have you join us today yeah.
0: and i will say in a, do- in a dorky way you know we always say like being healthy is more than just what you look like on the outside it's what you feel and if you're feeling well you're often your best self and i think for the work that you do and for the work that we all need to step up and do like we owe it to ourselves to be the healthiest, greatest version. So, you know, in, in that dorky way too, you know, whether it's kefir, Kefir, whether it's just like doing things that make you feel good inside and out, I think we're super committed to that. Cause we know how important it is to be able to take on everything that you're taking on. So.
2: Yeah. Well, and you know, with advocacy, I, you know, I've been an activist for like 30 years. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are just finding their voice in the space and it can be burnout. Like you for can sure. definitely get burned out of it. And I, I did get burned out. So I definitely say like, definitely have places for joy too. Our joy is just as important as our activism. Um, so, so that's part of that self-care. Like you will burn out if you don't take for care sure. of yourself mm-hmm. as yeah, no. well.
0: We believe in that all day. So Julie, I don't even know. Like we normally say, where can people find you? But at this point, I feel like there's 800 avenues.
2: So are you yourself on Instagram? I am. I'm uh, at Julie Smolansky, and uh, you can follow. Yeah. It's just at Julie and You can follow Lifeway. It's at Lifeway Kiefer, Kefir, K E F I R, and then I have. Um, I'm not super active on our nonprofit site, but it's there. Is we we've been trying to decide what direction we were going to go for um, recent times with like, but not not to get off on a tangent. But uh, so at test four hundred K, and then I also um, you guys probably love learning about this too. I just. Um, was an executive producer on a new film that launched called On The Record, which was the Russell Simmons accusers and their story. And specifically it gives um, voice uh, to black women who have really felt left out of the Me Too conversation, but it does a beautiful job of unpacking the intersection between racism and feminism and the fact that black women are sitting right in the middle of the mm, two, right. these two issues and, and the challenges that they have in reporting their abuse, but also especially when it's um, the perpetrator is a black man because they recognize that they don't want to lead to more black lives being in danger, mm. too. So um, it's just it's such, such a beautifully done, articulated film post Me Too that gives just, you know, I, if it. I think because it was post me too the, the survivors really had processed so much of their own trauma that they really gave a lot of vocabulary and words to some things that were hard to talk about. Um, so anyways, that just started streaming on HBO max last month. So definitely check it out. There's Makes a free sense. trial for HBO max. So um, I think friends are the reunion friends is playing on HBO max. Uh, so, that, probably be, If that's not reason, say, reason that's enough, that's a, twofer. Yeah, a twofer <laughs> <Right>? two for two for but yeah definitely um, it, just um, it just premiered on the record just premiered at Sundance earlier this year we were lucky enough to get in before COVID hit um, and it had like five standing ovations Amazing. and it still has like a hundred rotten unrotten tomatoes and like every, I know, I I know mean, like, we, the, we know what, what we watch know the reviews are yeah,
0: totally well congratulations the yes. are great. And,
1: yeah. and, thank you and grateful to you as a woman and as a leader you're the best Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Of course. course. Thank you. Friends, this has been fun. Thanks for spending some quality time with us. If you need more of us in your life, we totally get it. Follow us on Instagram at WellBehavedPodcast.
0: Also, we aren't selfish.
1: Tell us what you need and want to learn more about by sending us
0: a note at wellbehavedpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. We prefer that anyway. Until next time, stay well and somewhat behaved.